senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. This is episode, what did we decide, 56? Yes, it's 56. Episode 56. Uh, we had to look that up on a phone. All right, here's the deal. Um, this is very likely going to be a shorter show than you might be used to, and it's definitely going to be a looser show than you might be used to. Um, Unless we spend a lot of time... Well, well, tell tell the nice people what the show is going to be about today, Rob. All right, well... <laughs> Almost by default, we're going to talk about uh, the attempt to <laughs> register for Comic-Con the 2015 badges. San Diego Comic-Con uh, badges. Yes. Uh, attempts that <laughs> our attempts, at least through general registration, have failed. Now, we have applied for press credentials. Um, we applied back in like what, December? In December. So, and we have yet to have actually heard from anyone? Yes, we, we don't have a yes or a no yet. So there's a chance we can still go and uh, report on it. Comic-Con, we love you. You totally want to give us press passes and stuff. Yes, because yeah. this would be our 10th Comic-Con. Yes. But I say by default we're going to talk about that because anything else we possibly <laughs> would have talked about this week kind of went straight down the shitter. If you've been listening to this show at all for the last few weeks, uh, you know that the Crisis on Infinite Midlife's home office is based in Boston. If you've uh, accidentally flipped past the Weather Channel at all, <laughs> at least if you're in the United States, you know what the weather has been like in Boston since, oh, the beginning of February, end of January. Um, last weekend, we complained we were uh, taping early because we were going to be stuck in a blizzard and yes. potentially have no internet access. That came to fruition. Potential has come to fruition. <laughs> Um, it came to fruition. Uh, it took an extra few days than we thought, but uh, yeah, what it turns out what happens is when you get, uh, I don't know, what do you get, 75, 80, 200 inches of snow? Uh, 90 and some odd, I think. And, and that's that's not the exaggeration uh, no, that that's... I just did. Ni- 90 inches of snow in three weeks? Yeah. Um, what tends to happen if your home office is, for all intents and purposes, three stories high, <laughs> uh, snow accumulates on your roof, melts slightly, and uh, blocks your gutters. So yeah, and the difference between being a condo owner versus a, a homeowner, we've discovered, is if you're a homeowner, it's your own damn fault if you don't go up on the roof and clear off your snow and your ice dams or or pay someone to do that for you. If you're a condo owner and you your association bylaws stipulate that your outside is owned and to be maintained by the association, you're sort of at their whim. Purely by coincidence, behind you out the window, one of the icicles. No, I wish he could clear the fucking gutters out. Um, No, one of the icicles on the other units, the the big ones that was like the size of my wrist, just fell off the friggin' gutter. Awesome, that's so. (laughs) So yeah, um, we have no ability and no right, in fact, to get anybody to go clear our fucking gutters, let alone the equipment. Which means that. Earlier this week, the walls in our living room wept like the Madonna. And <laughs> now, if they'd only bled, yeah, I know we'd, we'd have a charge fucking, or something. We'd have a fucking story. Yeah, we'd get people in here, it could pay for itself. But yeah, and uh, the main area where uh, they wept uh, was right into the junction of the cable modem. 
meaning that in order to prevent the home office from burning to the ground, we've had to throw the breaker, which has remained thrown for four days. Yeah, we've been we've been living pretty much out of two rooms of our house. Yeah, so... One the, of them is this room where all the sound equipment is. Yes, so the reality <laughs> is uh, our access to internet to learn about greater comics news or anything else that's happening in the world has been limited you know here's the thing it's, it's funny um we we were unable to and we'll talk about it in a little more detail in a second uh get tickets to the 2015 comic-con however our our internet connection has been very reminiscent of when we've been in san diego for comic-con oh yeah there's, there's been an utter <laughs> utter ip drought internet drought yeah well because the problem is i don't want to drag our cell phone carriers through the mud but <laughs> our particular cell phone carriers we have shitty service in the house mm -hmm. we've always relied on wi-fi which is down so as we try to get any information about the world outside because again it's it went into the cable junction we don't have cable tv we don't have anything in the house right now now we we have um a working dvd player we've been working our way through Buffy DVDs. Yes, Buffy Season 7, which I haven't seen since it first came out. I bought the disc, and I think I watched the one where Spike tuned up wood. Yeah. Otherwise, I haven't seen these since they came out. So that's been fun. Spike tuned up wood. <laughs> that's a potential title. There you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we just we have no ability to check into the outside world. So whatever comics news we might have looked up, we, we got shit. So... Yeah, and and as it is, like I said, we're looking out the window at icicles falling. We're hoping that it's supposed to get up to forty degrees because New England is a gloriously fucked up place. Yeah, <laughs> today's the first, last week. Today's the first time it's gone above freezing in New England since February first. Um, but it's supposed to go down to what two degrees tomorrow? Um, it's going to get down into the low teens by the afternoon and uh, early evening tomorrow and then proceed on its downward trajectory so that by Tuesday morning, we will hit a brilliant negative five by about 6 a.m. Uh, not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> I, I can't deal with that. I can't do it. But yeah, so the problem is we still have snow on the roofs. Supposedly, the condo association, I know for a fact they have people on the property. Mm. We're hoping they come to clear out our gutters before... This melting refreezes and pours more goddamn water into the place, meaning we won't have internet for forever. Yeah. So part of why this show, this show's going to be looser because we've had no ability to do any show prep. None of the printers in the house work because they're all networked. So we're just sort of going off the cuff here based on the experience of yesterday and a couple comic books that we've read. Because <laughs> that's a problem. Half of this week's take we've put somewhere in the rush of getting crap away from the walls. So I don't even know where they are. I, just... I think they're under that box over there. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> it's too late now. But yeah, and part of the other reason this may just by nature be shorter is our plan right now is when we're done with the show to stick it on a thumb drive, stick my laptop into a satchel, Go to our local bar that has Wi-Fi and try to get this uploaded there. Because any calamity is a, a good excuse for day drinking. And this one should not be any different. I've been telling God and Cthulhu and the Flying Spaghetti Mod, I don't need a calamity. It's, <laughs> I'll do it anyway. You don't have to make it so easy. So, yeah, we're we're very much off the cuff today. You know, at least the computers are running and this particular room is dry. You know, the studio so that we can actually record this thing. But, yeah, actually getting it onto the Internet is going to be a dicey fucking proposition. 
Yeah, I I never thought the day would come where I would be sick of playing The Sims. Now, if anybody has has heard me talk about The Sims on this program or elsewhere on the internet before, I love The Sims because I can I can get all of my frustrations out by being an angry god. An angry, drunken god. I spend less time and energy chasing cigarettes and nicotine than you spend on The Sims. It's disturbing. It's like you're not even here anymore. I can, I can, I, all right, here's the thing. I, I decided. <laughs> oh, please tell me the thing because I've never quite understood it. Please g- go on. I had these couple of characters, um, Scoop and Manny Fungal, <laughs> who, who I've had since I, I got The Sims 3. And was able to figure out how to how to get the machine to run uh, Windows 8 and the oh, Sims. Sorry, I I didn't know how this machine worked. But you got it to go <laughs> anyway. I got it to go. Sorry. <laughs> and um, they eventually had the woohoo and and gave birth to Garib. Had, had the woohoo. <laughs> That's what they call sex in the Sims. <laughs> um, they they had the woohoo and they gave birth. Uh, do, do they cry afterwards? <laughs> I'm trying um, to relate this experience to Manny, anything I might have had. Manny did, but that's also because he's got the insane trait. Is that the one you tried to make look like me? Yeah. I will kill you. <laughs> I'll destroy you for this. They they gave birth to a bouncing baby girl who was also insane um, from birth. And, and her name was Garibaldi. Because <laughs> I always wanted to name a cat that, so I figured, what the hell. Didn't realize you were such a Babylon 5 connoisseur. <laughs> I'll have to pick up those DVDs. Thank you. I would like that. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. And um, eventually there was a, a younger daughter, and, and her name was Bay. And it, but that's neither here nor there. Eventually I decided that I was just going to drive Bay hard like a stage mother into uh, into a rock and roll lifestyle. I decided I was going to drive Bay hard, but then Jay-Z came <laughs> and I woke up anyway. What the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't had the internet for a while. My brain's starting to fragment. So I decided that because uh, she had spent so much time um, working hard, I would turn aging off because I was I was distraught when both Scoop and Manny died within like three or four sim days of each other. Um, I, I, Did I, you put them in the pool with no ladder again? No, they, they they worked around that bug. They can just pull themselves out now. Now you have to try really hard. Like I would do things like get them to the point of just like red sheer exhaustion where they could like fall down and go to sleep where they would stand and then put them in the tub. Like, because if you give them a bubble bath, they stay in the tub longer than if it's, they're just taking a bath bath. So you try to give them the full Whitney? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Maybe. Um, no. And in any I'm event, a nasty piece of work. <laughs> Ask anybody. Eventually, they just died of natural causes. Oh, this all sounds very natural. <laughs> they fell down where they were in the house. The Grim Reaper showed up. There was much uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth. Um, an urn was taken to a science laboratory. Um, Scoop haunted the house for a while. Uh-huh. Lightning. Fire. Power of God or something. I can't help myself. It's just you're playing into all these clips I got. So um, so after I eventually exercised Scoop from the house and, and put her back in the graveyard with Manny, who had now also died, and they could just haunt the graveyard together, I, I had Bay just adopt a kid because I figured eventually um, – Garibaldi's going to kick it, and and Bay is coming up on becoming an elder, which means she won't be along uh, around for a while. So they adopted um, this kid that I named Henry, and and Henry um, turned out to be fat. 
because you, you, you can't really choose. <laughs> this is why I won't go to family reunions with you, because I just imagine it will be these long, pointless stories about people I don't know. Yeah, they, they probably would, but they would also involved. And here's how I had to make them a drink when I was six. Uh, <laughs> if you're not doing that in The Sims, you're just not playing it right. <laughs> oh, all of my characters eventually just like picked up the trait of if you left them alone, they would go to, to the bar in the house. <laughs> Definitely your kids. Definitely. So now I just put Henry on the treadmill because if I don't, he gets fat. Like, I'll put him on the treadmill for like eight or ten sim hours at a time. What are you, some kind of fucking body Nazi? <laughs> I just don't want him to be fat. I don't know why it bothers me that much. <laughs> and, and it tells you, too. Like, you just want to suck the joy out of everything. If you if you leave them alone, you'll get this little thing up on the in the corner of the screen going, "Hi, ah, your Sim has a healthy appetite. Just put on a few pounds. He'll never forget the time he looked in the mirror and saw that extra pudge." <laughs> if you ever say that to me, with God as my witness. So I've what this comes down to, in essence, is yes. Please, what does it come down to? <laughs> I, I I'm I'm getting tired of the Sims and running them on the treadmill <laughs> i'd like to take a break for a while i'd like there to be real internet uh <laughs> so that i can go back to making fun of kardashians and all of the other healthy american pursuits that i should be allowed to do in the winter time to ignore the shit that's happening outside internet should be a basic human right <laughs> i have decided that's that's where my story was going that whatever keeps you sane, because I remember the first San Diego Comic Con <laughs> we went to it was 2006. Yes. And smartphones were not exactly, uh, well, they didn't exist, quite frankly. <laughs> and I didn't own a laptop, and neither did you. No. So we went out there with no internet whatsoever, except you had what a razor phone? No, not even. I had like a, a before the razor clamshell Motorola thing. Yeah. So, but. You used that phone to take a picture of, what was it, Elvis Trooper? Elvis Trooper. There's a dude who's always at Comic-Con who's like a combination of Elvis Presley and a Stormtrooper. Yes. Um, so you took a picture of him and you sent it to Warren Ellis via his blog, his yes. website. I said, he's back, and I <laughs> sent it, and, and he reblogged it. He reblogged <laughs> it. With a, a link to the website you were working on at the time. Yes. Which meant that you suddenly had a vested interest in seeing who was looking at your website. Yeah. And we had no internet. No. And it, it was like putting a crackhead into a sensory deprivation tank. Yeah. It, it was just was hunting for internet <laughs> everywhere. We did, I, 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 I hacked the sci-fi uh, booth for a while i was able to get internet on their computers yeah sci-fi at the time uh, these days they're on fifth avenue they uh they rent out a diner there and that's their comic-con with, with no presence. computers yeah but, but <laughs> they at the, learned at the time they had a big booth on the floor and they had a couple of computers uh max set up so that you could sign up for their mailing list and i my day job is in <laughs> computer security and I don't know how Amanda got these things to talk to the outside world. I, I got lucky because by the next day they'd locked it back down. Yeah, but <laughs> and there was a in the convention center there. There's a a FedEx Kinkos Kinkos that has like two computers. It's the saddest Kinko. Yeah, it's well, it's meant for people to ship their shit home. <laughs> but they did have a couple of computers, and it's mostly so people can print stuff. You know, people leaving. You know the polyester pants convention or whatever in <laughs> february and they have to you know, ship home the pants 
<laughs> FedEx the pants. But technically, they're connected to the internet. So you were standing, you would try to rent the computer for 10 minutes. Every time we passed, <laughs> there'd always be some poor prick trying to check his email. I would and just stare daggers at his head. You'd and just <laughs> glare at him. And for all we know, he's you know stranded in San Diego during Comic-Con. He's just trying to get somebody to wire him money. He's trying to check his email to see if grandma's had the bypass successfully <laughs> or anything. And you want to see if your numbers are up because Warren Ellis reblogged your picture. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I had priorities, damn it. Believe me, we never went back to San Diego without massive internet access ever again after that. It's true. I mean, I I took my work laptop once, my jacked up development <laughs> laptop <laughs> would have cost me twenty five hundred dollars to replace, and I'm like, I would rather eat that money <laughs> than watch what happens. You know, like one of your eyes would dilate, <laughs> and you'd get the twitchies. It's just a terrible thing to see. I know. But I had a problem. Well. That may not be a problem this year because unless we get those press badges, we cannot report from San Diego this year. So no, we will uh, report on all the finest YouTube postings and uh, well, other miscellany. <laughs> I will. I will say this: we we have particular reasons we can only really go to conventions during the summer. Yes, and we're going to report the living hell out of Boston Comic Con. Yes. Uh, this time around because that's right around the corner, and yeah, frankly, with the extra money. If we can't go to San Diego, yeah, we'll just stay there so that we can haunt the hotel bar and, you know, maybe get quick audio recordings <laughs> of drunk creators, because why not? Yeah, I mean, and, and we are investigating other opportunities to go to conventions elsewhere. Well, so That's one of the things I wanted to ask, you know, if you're listening and you know a summertime big regional convention, because we always sort of laser focus on San Diego, so we're trying in the last 24 hours to find other ones around but if you things know things that are available in July and August would be preferable. Yeah, if you know a yeah, probably end of June maybe, but yeah, July and August regional convention that you know is kind of awesome but sort of falls by the wayside cuz San Diego gets all the press. Yeah. You know, we shoot a, shoot we had a... been interested in Heroes Con but that's unfortunately going to be a little too early in the break in my schedule. Yeah. So there's a possibility we can do C2E2 uh, at the end of April, but Possibly. we're still investigating how feasible that is. But we're also kind of on hold because we may still, I think it's pretty unlikely at this point, but we may still be able to get press badges for San Diego. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, we, we submitted, we were hopeful. Well, Last we, year when we did it, we heard within two weeks, not no, but hell no. Well, uh, <laughs> well no, that was that was 2011, oh, uh, 2012. Sorry. That was the first year okay. of the Crisis on Infinite Midlives website. And we'd only been in existence six months. I wouldn't have given it to us either. Yeah. But I figured it was worth a shot. We hadn't tried to reapply since then because we... Had general admission. Yeah. it's We'd gotten in the pre-registration uh, each time. So we didn't want to take a badge away from somebody else. Right. Because we'd already locked, already locked it down. So, But yeah, because of that, we're... Yeah, for all intents and purposes, it was, yep, new media outlet. Then we're just waiting to hear back on it. But... So yeah, we're kind of in a holding pattern, but yeah, if you know another regional convention other than Boston, you know, we're, yeah. we're game. <laughs> yeah, the email's crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com, or you can ping us through our Facebook page, or at the end of the show, we'll we'll tell you all the ways to contact us, but you know, yeah, let us know. Yeah, so being as we had no internet in the house, that was the other piece that was complicated, because usually we have sort of a system. Where, where one of us logs in here, so we have our IP address here. Yeah. And, and the other one goes to their job and logs in, so that there's, there's the added bonus of, 
of extra IPs in the mix. Well, I've always been less concerned about extra IPs and more about, you know, you really get one bite at the app. Yeah. So if there's a bolt of lightning or a meteor strike or 90 inches of fucking snow in three <laughs> days and water pouring into your internet, your cable jack, you know, it, it gives you, it means you're not out of the game. And that was just not something that we could no. that we could do at this point. So so this year you went to your job and logged in under two different browsers with each of our our IDs. Yeah, it's a if if you've not done the application process, basically the way it works out is you have to sign up with for a member ID through the comiccon.org website. Yep, and they give you a twelve or sixteen digit code that you use to log into the waiting room. Right. Now, if you're if you're trying to be organized, it's very helpful to have all of that information ready to go so that you can just log in. A lot of people this year, it turns out, didn't bother to get that information until right before the waiting room opened, so they crashed the Comic-Con site. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> at this point we've done it enough. Yeah, I the waiting room, the virtual waiting room, all right, so the the way it works and a lot of this is very similar to the pre-registration process that we talked about in an earlier episode. Yes. So some of this is going to be repetitive. You know, you can s skip ahead for a while and eventually we'll talk about Justice League and Moon Knight. But, yeah. Um, you, you get your registration code via your member ID. You log into the Comic-Con website and get that. An hour before uh, sales happen, which is at noon Eastern time in the United States... Uh, you can log into the virtual waiting room. So you use that code and you get a place in the waiting room and you do exactly that. You wait. Yes. At straight up noon, it flips and they give you this spinning blue circle. <laughs> Just this spinning, relentless, dry, joyless glory hole of <laughs> frustration and waiting to show that you're actually in line. Seems a bit of a contradictory statement. I mean, if it's glory hole, isn't there supposed to be, I don't know, gl glory? <laughs> it is a misnomer in this case. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure that it's any any less of a misnomer in the bus station wall, but... <laughs> it, it is similar in the sense that the less amount of time, the, the longer you have to wait for the glory hole, the less glorious <laughs> the experience is. So there's a cue for this glory hole. <laughs> And it's random. <laughs> and you don't want to be, as with a glory hole, you don't want to be the last guy in line. No, no, you don't. So at noon, it automatically flips and it starts giving you new messages every two minutes. Yes. So for the first few minutes, they take everybody that's in the room and at least this is how they say it works. They randomize it. Everybody gets a random order. And every two minutes, they start showing new people the registration page. Which is fine for about the first 20 minutes. <laughs> you get to 20, 25 minutes, that's when the messages of shit starting to sell out yeah. get flashed in your face. Well, look, looking back through um, some of the Twitter postings and the, the unofficial San Diego Comic-Con blog, it looks like they started to put up messages that preview night and then Saturday were low to being sold out within the first 15 to 18 minutes. I think the first one I saw was at about twenty twenty five. Okay, minutes. but this I'm I'm going by the the tweets in real time that they had up on their page. Yeah, which I I'm guessing I wasn't watching Twitter. I was 
watching your screen. I was staring <laughs> depressed down that long blue hole. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, you'll be staring down the barrel of the long blue hole and getting various messages, whereas meanwhile on social media, they're posting in real time. And your screen may not po update with that post until three to four minutes after the rest of the world has already seen it. That's that's very possible. Because that um, when they finally got to the end of it, where they're like, thanks, uh, we're done within like 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was... I was out of there by one o'clock. Yeah, there were people, because I went through the, the, um, the Twitter reply chain to their official posting saying, thanks for all of your interest and support. You know, see you in July. <laughs> this long string of people going, fuck you. <laughs> um, and, and other people going, wait, what do you mean you're sold out? The screen that I'm on still says that, you know, please, um, yeah. Thursdays wait. and Sundays might be available. Yeah. You know, thank you for your patience and may the odds ever be in your favor. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> Well, it's historically looking back just a few years, there were one or two up until how long's the waiting room been going on? Two years, I think. I think it's two years because before that, they instituted a system where it was first come, first serve. And that the first time they did that, like crashed would, horribly. Yeah, it, was, it was an utter catastrophe. It yeah. was, um, yeah, they had to halt sales. Yeah, after a, a few people got them, but yeah. yeah, they had to halt them and completely rejigger their systems to to try it again. Now that was that was not a year that applied to us because yeah, up until two thousand twelve, I think. Yeah, we only had to go through trying to buy them online these last two years. I feel like maybe three. Yeah, well, the way it always was was, and this is what everybody did, and this is why, as frustrating as this experience is, you know, particularly for us this would have been our 10th comic-con in a row i know um part of the what yeah what what people would do and what we did for years was you go in to comic-con to get your badge for that year and you immediately would get in line to buy badges for the the next year right so then you didn't have to worry about it at all now every year that line got a little longer <laughs> I mean, yep. The first year it was, okay, we got our badges, and within five minutes, great, we're all set for next year. By 2010, it was a good hour and a half line to, to pick yep. it up. And they were clearly, at least to my mind, worried that Comic-Con was just going to become a private club. Yeah. You know, the only way you were really going to have any kind of legitimate chance to go was if you were there the year before, because you would do whatever you had to do in order to get the badges. Yeah, the year that they moved the the ticket sales off-site but still available, people oh were spending God. as what? much time in lines to buy tickets for next year as some other people were standing in line for Hall H. What a fucking shit show that was. <laughs> and I, I, I told this story when we talked about the pre-registration, so if you're a relatively new listener slowly working our way through the backlog, you can listen to it here and... Uh, what do we call it? 2015, The Struggle is Real. Yeah. You can skip that episode. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, they had it at, what was it, the Hyatt? Um, yes, they had it at the Hyatt. So yeah, they we went the first day just to swing by, figuring, all right, we'll stand in line for an hour or so. And the line went from the Hyatt. All the way back to the Hilton. Yeah, completely past the convention so center. So it's like a half mile of line. Yeah. And it was, they only had a limited number per day. So <laughs> we kept saying, well, we'll check it tomorrow. We'll check it tomorrow. And that line just never stopped. No. So it. We it, actually at one point walked by 
Because they got to a certain point where they would say, you know, the sales are, are done for today. Thank you. And they would clear the line. Yeah. We came by, I feel like it was Saturday evening. And there was already like 10 people in line so that when it opened up for Sunday morning, they would be able to get in. Yeah, it was it was Saturday because Sunday was was our plan. Yeah. And again, I know I told this exact same story on the, on the pre-registration episodes. So I apologize. But again, we have no internet. And we're making this up as we go. Um, I, I had a lot of bad personal shit going on that year. And I could not have personally faced the idea of leaving that show and not knowing I, I could go back the next year. Yeah. That I needed that to hang on to. That no matter what shit I was going through... I, Comic-Con's coming. If I can hold out, I'll get to do that and escape everything for another five days. So on Saturday, Amanda and I made the plan that we were going to, at the time we were staying in a hotel about a mile away from the convention center, I set the alarm for 4.30 in the morning, Yep. got up, got a cab, went over to the convention center thinking I've got to at least have a chance, and the line just like every other day, <laughs> was not quite all the way back to the Hilton, but pretty close. But I figured, I'm here, what the hell, got to give it a shot. So I got in this line, and the only, the good thing about the experience was, yeah, it's five o'clock in the morning, and we're all stuck together, so camaraderie <laughs> and discussions popped up pretty fast. It's yeah. you know, when you're doing something that is ultimately ridiculous. You're <laughs> on your vacation for all intents and purposes. I mean, we always reported from it. Yeah. But you're you're away, you're supposed to be having fun and you're at this ungodly hour to stand in a line hoping to have more fun next year. <laughs> so, and I'm just exhausted and barely able to function and yeah, there was this kid Brendan. Oh, Brendan. Yeah, Bre who is 17, 18 <laughs> years old. And I'm like, Brendan, uh, I am a middle-class person with disposable income. Here's, I think I gave him $40 <laughs> and said, if you go to Starbucks and bring me back a large coffee, you can keep the change on this. We'll keep your place in line. So he went, and about 15 minutes later, the line starts moving, and it starts moving really fucking fast. Like, it turns out the room they were packing people into in the Hyatt was pretty big, and they had a lot of stations and areas. <laughs> so we're, I'm, I'm like, oh, Jesus, I just lost this poor kid his chance to get to Comic-Con next year. And literally within 50 yards of the front door, I see him ambling back with a big cup of coffee. Like, Brendan, you beautiful son of a bitch, come over here. <laughs> so he got his place in line, and God bless the kid. He tried to give me the change back anyway. I'm like, I almost fucked you hard, dude. You keep that money. And so yeah, it was, it was hours and hours. I, I, everybody who basically was in the, everybody who was in the line by the time I got there, as big as that line was, got four day passes. That's awesome. So we got to leave that show knowing we could come back the next year, which I really personally needed, <laughs> but it, it was a hell of an experience. So yeah, it was a year after that they went to, a pre-sale for people who had attended the previous year. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that was a first come, first serve. It was first come, first serve, followed by um, a system where it was randomized, but you could at least see your number. Like, so you had some sort of sense of... No, it, it wasn't randomized. It was first come, first serve, but they would tell you where right. you were in line based on that. Okay. 
See, I liked that because at least you had some sense of, because if you were sort of going companion with social media and had like a Twitter um, search up, you could get a sense of, okay, okay, I'm this number in line. This number has gotten some. This number has not gotten some. Right. You you could see if you had any fucking hope. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I kind of wish you know, when they went to the system where I think it was starting this year, um, where it was just like you're randomized. Uh, the sorting hat has sorted you. Now fuck you. <laughs> yeah. No. Last year was the first one. And last year we got really lucky because yeah. yeah, we we did the the scenario where you were here at the home office yep. and I went to my day job, but I got in within seven minutes yeah whereas i left mine open just to as a proof of concept and i yeah i would have been screwed yeah if, if we had just tried to do it from here but yeah the the downside to first come first serve is you get such a crush on the server they get the full reddit hug of death <laughs> slash dot effect. i mean yeah. literally you'll hit refresh over and over, and it's pure blind animal luck if you can connect to it. Yeah. And it's that kind of thing that crash servers. They had problems with that for several years. Now, the upside to it is at least you feel like you have a hand in your face. It's something as simple as pressing the F5 button. Yeah. You feel like you have some control over it. Telling you where you are in line makes you feel like it gives you some hope. Yeah. Or it lets you know, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> yeah yeah you know, like i i'm at at this number I, it's not gonna happen for me i'll i'm yeah, gonna look, go do dragon con let's <laughs> see uh, san diego uh can fit one hundred twenty five thousand people uh i'm four million two hundred twenty six <laughs> maybe i'll go take a dump yeah <laughs> yeah um and and to just have no idea where you are in line it just makes you feel helpless i so i I I understand why they do what they do, especially if they're not going to get a larger venue and they're not going to change, which is, you know, I, I wouldn't want to go to Comic-Con anywhere else. I love San Diego. Um, yeah, it's every year they talk about, oh, Jesus, move it to L.A., move it to Vegas. Well, no, I don't want to do that. I like San Diego. Yeah. I like going to the place where they'll carve the meat right off the sword for me. And that <laughs> oh, taco, I want to miss that this year. And that taco joint that we never tell anybody about because i feel like sending them a letter just <laughs> well <laughs> thanks guys it's it's not it's not you <laughs> so but i mean at the same time i wish they would maybe do some sort of a hybrid fine randomize it so that it's not first come first serve but then still just give us a number man let us let us know once you've randomized us where we've ended up so we can at least see because then maybe and it's not likely because I, I would sit there tenaciously but yeah, you know, maybe some of the other folks who get like numbers that are not to their liking might log off and give the rest of us more of a shot. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's the not knowing, and then just watching it slip away while you can't do anything or really have any idea where you are. That just drives yeah. people. I mean, it's it, you were on the phone with me the entire time. It, it's infuriating. Oh yeah, and and the. And we were relatively organized about it. There were some other folks that, you know, for whatever reason, couldn't get their um, registration codes. Yeah. Because, again, the, the site had crashed. Um, so Comic-Con took the step of emailing codes out to folks, which is, you know, very helpful, except for those who have ones that were timestamped afternoon Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> did that happen? That did happen. Oh, Jesus. Because, yeah, my, my phone buzzed with my code which I already had because, again, 
we have done this enough. We understand there's only one bite at the apple. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the waiting room open at 11. I was in front of the computer at work pulling all this information and putting it into a text doc so I could just copy and paste right. it, including the URL, because that's been a problem in the past. There was one year where if you clicked the link on the email they sent you, you went nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So there there were people posting, oh, thanks, this came at 12.05. This came at 12.15. <laughs> yeah, and it's... <laughs> The, the combination of just not feeling like you, you have any control over it. The, the system, the way they've set up, is great for Comic-Con. It is great for them having an ability to do this many registrations without crashing. It's really not great for the people doing it, except that you're trading the rage yeah. of, of a 505 or a 502 error for... For, for, the, the, for the rage of the circle's fucking spinning. And if you put up another snarky little may the odds be in my favor, I'm going I'm yeah. to dive down the wire fucking Flynn from Tron style and choke somebody out. Now, another thing I discovered looking at that response thread to the, the thanks for your interest and support and see in 2015, um, at least one person, a couple people posted links to... Uh, ticket sites who had apparently somehow been able to buy blocks of tickets. So there's one site that's showing um, 14 four-day plus preview night passes available at cost. It'll cost you over $1,400. Oh, yeah. No, the, it, it's not at cost. Well, no, at, at cost to you, like, like, at significant cost is what I mean to say. Not yeah. at, like, they're, they're planning on making money on this. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Pre scalpers. Yeah. The, the preview <laughs> that night, it's bend over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's a preview. It's going to hurt. Yeah, if you don't want preview night, it's only like 1100 and some odd dollars. Um and they have 12 of those and then they had 14 of the other one. And you know, the, this part of my mind it's like, well, I I could eat that, I guess. But then on the yeah. other hand, I'm, I'm like bullshit about it cuz that's 26 people who didn't get an opportunity to buy a ticket because this corporation went in there and somehow got these goddamn tickets. Well, it's it's not a huge block in the greater scheme of things. And I know just based on the press Comic-Con puts out, they do their best to try to prevent that. I mean, the, the reality of going to get your passes at Comic-Con is you are, if you can register successfully, you are sent a barcode. Yes. You have to go to the convention center with the barcode and ID matching the name on the barcode in hand. Right. So I don't even know how this would work then. <laughs> what they have to be is somebody must have some kind of either. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah. I'm sitting here trying to think how you could do the grift of, okay, thank you for your $1,500. You meet me outside the empty building that used to be yeah. uh, the with burger. With your best fake ID. Yeah. With the burger joint. I will go in and get the badge and hand it to you. <laughs> And all you have to do is get through four days plus preview night of not having your ID randomly checked. Yeah. Which is something they've announced that they will, for the last couple of years, we've never had ours checked. No. But they have the right to do it. Yeah. And to take your badge if you won't show it to them. Right. So I mean, my best guess is I don't think they've had professional registration yet. No. I mean, they've got, what's coming up is prof uh, name professional, whatever that means. So like. Your, your your name names your your architects and whatnot I guess, um, <laughs> yeah I'm guessing yeah creators yeah and um, 
and professional trade. So, like, what, the NBCs of the world? I don't... They'd have to be press, I think. Or, yeah, like, there's, there's, like... What was it called? Um, the... Let me see if I can pull up the article. Because, yeah, there was some other thing that I saw, I believe, on comicsbeat.com of some other type of registration that... Yes. Nobody seems to know what it is. No. But... But, yeah, um, it's, it's yeah, got to be... There. It's got to be something else, but but even those, because the the line for press and professional registration is always so much longer than right. But it's still you have to go into the convention center and show your ID. Right, right. So I don't, I don't. I was look. It's something. Again, the the unofficial San Diego Comic Con blog um, is usually the best place to go to get that information. There are two other shots at it. They seem to be limited to professional professional press not that we're not professional but we're <laughs> well no it's <laughs> like a, uber press or something the, and the and two creators. types the two types of press registration are uh must verify or you don't need to right so yeah for certain outfits no matter what you have to send verification materials and i don't get too inside baseball of how to register for press but at least once every couple or three years you need to send like in our case since we're an internet outfit uh podcasts uh, written materials, uh, a list of your archives of things that you've created um, for for magazine or television press. I'm not. It's like something on letterhead, or but there's things that you need to send to verify you're actually press, and not just saying, "Boy, I sure like would go. To, sure would like to go to Comic Con, but the internet's out because water's pouring down the walls." Yeah, yeah. You, know, you have to be doing something about comics that you can show. Here is work product showing we report about comics or at least about conventions or right. cosplay or furries or some fucking thing. <laughs> I'm sure they I'm sure they've got press that got verified and got credentials though. Well it's a, it's possible and it's possible that the ones that are out there are yeah, it's something to do with, with that or you know, yeah, oh, we're NBC sent in fifty names, but only thirty are going. I don't know. Right. I don't know how they would do it. I, I don't know. Um okay, so um, there are badge sales that will be coming up for, it says, Name Creative Professionals and Press, which are guaranteed badges and trade professionals. Okay, so maybe the press hasn't gone out yet. Maybe that's why we haven't heard anything. I've sort of been going under the assumption that they didn't accept their verification materials. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, even back before we were doing podcasts, the number of dick jokes per article that either of us put in was relatively high. Yeah, because sometimes you have to go to the well. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I always did the best I could. They're, they're, they're brilliant, artistic dick jokes. Quit smiling, you idiot. You're supposed to be a professional. <laughs> Lovingly crafted by skilled artisans. <laughs> they got my dick message! <laughs> And now embellished with sound clips. Yeah. So, but yeah, the the funny thing, yeah. So, yeah, I sat in front of my day job computer and watched my life swirl down the long blue hole. And uh, yeah, we stopped at our local comic store yesterday and and told the owner that we weren't able to get tickets. It was like I told him, you know, our cat died. I know. He, he couldn't believe it. it's like you've been going for so long. How can that not? How can they not take that into account? You have to explain to people. They did. We were eligible for the pre-registration. We just didn't get lucky the same way we didn't get lucky this time. Right. 
Right. Because it really is one of those things. We've been going long enough. You feel a certain amount of misplaced, to be sure, but ownership over it. It's. I, I like to believe that because we didn't get our badges that some San Diego Comic-Con virgin will get to go and experience it with the same wide-eyed wonder that we did the first time we went. Um, and, and, and good on them. Cause there were a lot of people bitching online. Uh, oh, it seems like the same people get to go every year. Well, no, I can tell you right now, there are two people here that are living proof that just cause you went, you don't get to go. <laughs> yeah. And it's the reality is if you have gone before, you do have more of a chance than Joe Blow from Falmouth, who just never been there before. We got another bite at the apple. Yeah. But in terms of this this general admissions one, <laughs> no, it, we had the same shot as everybody else, and we didn't get it. And and the fact that, that we had the extra one was, you know, great. We still didn't get it. Yeah. And it's, you know, still holding out hope that, you know, after reporting directly from the convention on our own dime for a few years that we can get lucky and get press passes. But you now if it doesn't work out, we'll certainly, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're going to try to go every year. I mean, yeah. at this point we don't have that extra bite at the apple, but, but yeah, it is you, what it is, <laughs> but it it is. Yeah. Looking back on that first time we went just the spectacle and we're wandering around goggle eyed. We had no idea what we were doing. It was, we'd been to a few local conventions and even local conventions back then were not what they are now. It no. was, Hey, we're going to the convention in Boston and it's a basement of a fucking hotel. And it's, you know, five local comic dealers and you go to their stores anyway, cause they're the only ones around. Right. And you know, one or two you know, local dudes of, I made me a comic. It's about a vampire with, hemophilia there's some shit and so yeah we went to san diego and this was the this is the first year it really had blown up it was the year samuel l jackson was there right right so for snakes on a fucking plane yeah and, and, and the snakes on a fucking plane and i keep the fucking in there um it's the only reason to see it is the the the, the display was just such a like really I paid money as part of my badge for this. Like it was, you walked in, you saw a snake, you walked out. Like that was the whole thing. <laughs> well, yeah, but he was also at Hall H. He yeah. uh, he actually appeared there. That's true. So, but yeah, that was the first year there were big Hollywood professionals there. Right, and then so, it started to turn into a thing. Yeah, and <laughs> and we didn't know how to do it, so we just kept walking and walking, and we get exhausted. Then we ate convention food. Oh, uh, you know. rookie mistake. Hey, if there are any like. Comic-Con virgins that are listening to this do not eat in the convention center. Yeah. Oh, for Christ's Just sake. Just don't. It's, you know, I, I'll give you salmonella for nothing, let alone $28. Like, you're, if, you're, if you're committed to saving money or, like, want to, like, maximize the amount of time that you're there, buy an ice pack and, like, a sandwich from the Rite Aid. <laughs> yeah. Um, do not waste your money on the convention food. Well, Just don't do it. You know what? The week before the show, why don't we try to remember to do a show, you know, whether we're lucky enough to be able to go or not, about, yeah, okay, here's the shit that we learned. Because, yeah, frankly, if we're not able to go... I'm going to help others out. Exactly. We'll, we'll tell Take you the forward. tricks. <laughs> the, where to turn left or right or any other direction, but to follow the crowd and to get actually be able to eat in less than four hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we should make a note out of that. We will help you. If we're not going to be there, we're going to help you out. <laughs> exactly. So, 
Now, on the other hand, if we find out that we are going, then we're going to keep all of our trade secrets. So, no. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. In that case, the the, sh- the show before we go is just going to be an hour and a half of us cackling into microphones. <laughs> but and it, yeah, it's it's a weird situation. I love San Diego Comic Con enough that I don't want it to become a club. Right. Yeah, part of the cool thing about it is that it <laughs> there's so much cool stuff and a certain amount, I don't want to say is lost on us, but we're prepared for the spectacle. Yeah. You know, to see new people there and just excited about it is in its own way cool. Now, at the same time, you want to take them aside and, and you know, just gently say, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're having a good time. If you stop in the middle of a fucking aisle to take a picture of a slightly pudgy power girl, I'm going to cut your fucking Achilles tendon. You move to the side, motherfucker. Hey, Rube. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Believe me, you, you come to about three of these in a row, you'll walk past cosplayers like they don't even exist. So, seen it, done it. Yeah. But, but it's also you know, just a huge disappointment in that, you know, we really love doing this. Yeah, but you know what? We'll, we will figure out something. It's it's going to be awesome for those of you that get to go to it. Congratulations. Uh, we will keep you all posted as to whether or not we ever hear about press registration. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have a good time. Okay. Um, I'm lost. Uh, I'm angry. And I'm armed. <laughs> Okay, those those are things not to say to security <laughs> when you are in the convention center. Yes, yes. Don't First do of all, they'll make you check your weapons, even yes. if they're cosplay weapons. Um, but yeah, don't be be nice, be courteous, be kind. Well, and in its own way, the best thing that San Diego Comic Con has done is to by becoming so big and being on national news outlets and being part of the just general consciousness all the regional conventions have risen because of it. You know, Boston Comic-Con is now a really cool convention that can really sustain two or three days yeah. of activity. If they could just find a way to like have the panels not be a complete crotch to get into. Well, and we'll <laughs> hopefully not have to bitch about that. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, Boston Comic-Con's become big enough. They're not going to sell any tickets on site. Everything needs to be ordered ahead of time. Yep. So as soon as we have internet, we're going to take care of that. <laughs> yeah. But because of because of San Diego, you can go to a Boston Comic Con or an Emerald City uh, on the West Coast or C2E. They've all become bigger because people see the San Diego experience and want it, and not everybody clearly can go. Yeah. So Maybe this year we should try for PAX East. We haven't done that yet, and that's local to us. That's true, but... At some point, I should actually hook my Xbox 360 back up to something <laughs> before I go to another gaming convention. Yeah. Because yeah. too many comics to read. So Too many comics to read, and especially now that I think I'm all set with The Sims. I, I think that will not be distracting from my time. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> I don't want to say it was hell, but it was distracting as I was on the phone with you yesterday watching the Circle of Doom. <laughs> And I'd hear these little alarm clocks and people going, Uta Fungar, yes. <laughs> the next kid I adopt from the Sims Adoption Agency, I'm just going to go ahead and call Tubagoo. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to throw that computer out the fucking window. This is my kid, Tubagoo. He's on the athletic track. <laughs> <laughs>
I just flashed back to elementary school. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, once again, because all the regional conventions have become relatively cool, we're definitely going to cover Boston. But, yeah, once again, it, it, wherever you live, if there's, and frankly, overseas, I'm applying for my passport just in case something yeah. comes up in Europe or whatever. I know there's some conventions in Europe. If there's a kick-ass regional one and like I said, July or August, you know, please email us. We'll consider anything. Yeah, absolutely. Unless we get those press credentials from San Diego, in which case, yeah, so long, sucker. But, you know, then then at least you have options for the following year on the off chance we, we don't get them that is for true. 2016. That is very true. Because that was some of the heartbreaking stuff in that in that response thread. Um, you know, some mother put up a picture of her kid with a MacBook, um, young, young, like preteen, early teenage kid, standing in line at the airport. They they had managed to convince the TSA to let him leave his laptop open and on so that he could try to get um, tickets. Oh Jesus! <laughs> and and he he did not get them. So like this poor kid had the the aggravation of of the airport and TSA and the blue spinning ball of fuck you. Jesus <laughs> Christ! All right, I'm I'm not gonna bitch about having to drive to the office to try to get <laughs> shit again. Um, you know, and, and other other you know, all right, you can explain to my son why we can't go this year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> clearly didn't go to Logan Airport because. That just gets you extra screening. Yeah, that's that's when they they find a way to hit you with the probe, <laughs> yeah, or the taser, either one. So uh, yeah, it's I'm gonna just think waves of positive thought for other opportunities. <laughs> yeah, one way or the other, we'll we'll get to some cool conventions this year. Yes. All right, you want to talk about some actual books? How are we doing on time? Uh coming up on an hour. It's like fifty three, fifty four minutes. Okay, so yeah, show is gonna be a little bit short this week. Sorry. As it is sucking the bar Wi-Fi, we might not even be able to get it on the wire. We we had originally intended to kind of talk about the status of The Walking Dead at this point, but that's sitting on the TiVo, which we can't really access right now because all the breakers are thrown yeah. downstairs. Yeah, so maybe we'll catch up with Walking Dead uh, next week, assuming we can get everything turned on to actually record it this week. Yeah. But don't come to New England. Love <laughs> fuck, this is a terrible place. Uh it looks like every every single like overhang of icicle out there looks like Niagara Falls has frozen in place at each intersection of the roof. <laughs> it it looks like God sneezed snot. <laughs> it's uh, oh, I, I'm tired of living here. Can we just move to San Diego? Um. All right. <laughs> Wildfires are warm. At least I'll fucking take it. Earthquakes. Uh, yeah, they've got fish tacos. Okay, well, with, we can talk about With the this. amount I drink, it feels like the ground's shaking underneath <laughs> me most of the time anyway. That's just the palsy. By by 6 o'clock tonight, I'm going to be walking like, <laughs> it's, like it's the big one. Oh, dear. Let's, All right. Let's talk about some comic books. All right. Which one do you... Wait, let me grab them. Because, again, no notes. Couldn't print any. Let me grab the actual books. Okay. Um, let's Let's start with Moon Knight. All right. So... Yep, Moon Knight 12, uh, written by Brian Wood, uh, with art by Greg Smallwood, colored by Jordi Belair. So yeah, this one uh, kind of finishes up Brian Wood's first arc yes. on this one. Now, it took a little while for me to get used to the fact this one was going to be an arc, because those, yeah. those first six issues by Warren Ellis were just so individually awesome. 
They were great standalone stories. And I'm lately all about great standalone stories. Yeah, it's uh, there's nothing wrong with a good arc, but one and dones, they're far too infrequent these days that when yeah. you can get some good ones, it's just like this little, oh, this is awesome and and I'm done and I'm going to have another one next month. Yeah. And so, but yeah, this one was an arc and I think it held up relatively well. So the It did. Overall story again with no notes, so going completely off memory was yeah. Spectre had lost the patronship of of Conshu. Conshu um who had given his favor to the daughter of an African warlord or something. Well, we yeah, we we learned that uh this month. It was she has been constantly saying that uh there was actually a, a new warlord in this country and she had lost everything and sort of she was disingenuous spoilers by the way. Uh, <laughs> sort of disingenuously uh implying or allowing Moon Knight to infer that she was just a poor citizen of this country who got the jackboot from this warlord. Yeah. What we have learned in in this issue is no, she was the daughter of a warlord who was installed by Danish colonialists. Yeah. Basically, everything you hear about the CIA in the seventies, yeah, she was the daughter of one of those people who got <laughs> propped up and was try. Her father had hidden billions somewhere and the new warlord had access to it so she was trying Pissed, to get the wanted her shit back yeah so somehow she tricked the god Khonshu into believing that she was more righteous than mark specter and deserved the power all right and <laughs> so the ending to her arc you know having basically hijacked his power i found relatively satisfying the biggest problem i had with this issue was kanju's really a kanju's really a dumb motherfucker <laughs> i was just gonna go with mercurial and kind of crazy so <laughs> well i mean the part of the whole point of this arc was the concept that kanju found uh the daughter of the warlord to be more worthy of his power to protect those who travel at night and uh, of worthy to dispense vengeance than Spectre was. And, yeah. And yet. And yet. She was a scumbag going after money. So it just, it, it, it there was a disconnect in my head of if Conchu's supposed to be this powerful, how was he tricked? <laughs> On the other hand, um, Mark Spectre, kind of crazy. So. <laughs> All right. So maybe, maybe he's a B-list god. <laughs> Yeah, you look good to me this week. All right, you, you take it. <laughs> or or he's an A-list god, but his staff is just not really, oh, they're on vacation. The person who vets people, they're in San Diego Comic-Con. Perhaps. They had $15 to spend on a five-day scalp pass. They they met outside Nicky Rotten's. <laughs> I'll make you a rotten burger if that, I, I know how to make that sauce. <laughs> me too, baby. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but that was the biggest problem i have that i had trouble getting around well if you're supposed to be the supernatural being how are you tricked yeah um but you know what greek mythology and other mythology gods get tricked all the time and that's when they rain down their their angry angry vengeance <laughs> okay and there was certainly angry angry vengeance in this case yeah well only up to a certain point she took one of his moon shurikens to the hand and 
got a stern talking to basically well and then is is stripped of of everything because if she ever thought she had a shot of getting any of of her spoils back now she's not and she's been driven out of any kind of of power or support because all of her people have left her yeah but even then she was a a doctor treating in uganda no (laughs) (laughs) no that's me and don't reveal my secret name Is the IRS listening? Shit! But, no, she was a a psychiatrist to at least one very rich man. Mm -hmm. She, so... That she seemed to be trying to exploit with her newly found Moon Knight power. Well, no, she was exploiting him to take the Moon Knight power, but at the same time, this is Manhattan. This is a psychiatrist with this giant office treating rich people. She was doing all right on her own, so basically what we have learned is that the vengeance against her is, yes, you have to go back to this life. Although, no, I suppose she did kidnap the warlord. She's going to yeah. take some shit for that, I suppose. We don't actually well, see yeah, it. Well, yeah, because there's but... like a cop that's involved with this and a reporter or something. Yeah, the cop, uh, oh, and I forget the name, and it's funny because since we have no internet, I've been rereading uh, You Picked Up the Moon Knight yep. uh, Essential, which was all the... Uh, I want to say Doug Mank and uh, Bill Sienkiewicz yeah. art um, from back in the 80s. So a lot of the characters in this, it turns out, have been kicking around yep. since his title back in the 80s. But yeah, I think Flint was the detective. I forget the name of the reporter he was working with. Here's the book. Thanks. Hey, no problem. But so, yeah, I guess she's going to take a fall. So yeah. even though we don't actually see it, we can infer that she will be, a, I don't know, in the Gray Bar Hotel. Um, the slammer, the clink, <laughs> the, sla- the gray bar hotel, the swirling blue hole of failure and doom. Yeah, so it's Detective Flint, and then who is this? This lady. She's. Ah, sitting here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, she works with him since he has to you know, fly back from wherever he was. So she fronts him the money to get back to his limousine. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. We got dead air here. Okay. <sighs> All right. One of the wow, things... Oh, what the hell? I don't got that long of lifespan anyway. We got we to move it along. <laughs> move it along. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think she's named in here specifically. But yeah, even though this was an arc and not the kind of awesome one and done, yeah, I think would in general, has captured a similar characterization to Mark Spector that Ellis did. Although the implication at the end of this is going to be, there's going to be some changes to it. It's implied that he may have to abandon the Spector identity. He's going to have to abandon some of his stuff because he has the cons- conversation with Khonshu that, oh, I'm going to miss this. It's just things. Yeah, that's Still, true. Still, it's an awesome limo. I'm going to miss it. It is an awesome limo. So it'll be interesting to see how it, goes on because yeah it was such a strong reboot under ellis and i think this arc was a pretty worthy continuation takes a certain amount of balls to say uh now we're going to change it around people are people give a shit about moon knight for the first time in 20 years let's fuck with it yeah so i guess we'll see what happens next i'm i'm kind of hoping we see some more one and dones as he eases into whatever the next things are yeah because those first six issues then again, you're you're not 
you got a long way to go to top those first six <laughs> issues. True. I'm fighting punk rock ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> and mescaline or mushroom dreams. <laughs> I'm going to ditch my entire outfit. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, generally enjoyed the arc. Interested to see where it goes from here. But yes. Anything else on? Nope. Just it's 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 a good book. If you haven't picked it up yet, do so because it's it's fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I mean, there's. Uh, I have railed almost weekly about events and and fatigue from events and how things seem to be tied into other things. So you have to be reading more than one book in order to be up on something. You don't have that problem with Moon Knight. No, even with this arc, it's even though it's six issues, it is not part of anything huge. Yeah. It's relatively small scale, and that's the best place to sort of leave Moon Knight, just yeah. doing his own crazy shit in a particular area of New York. Right. All right. Now, on the other hand, <laughs> we have Justice League. Yeah, uh, Justice League 39, uh, written by uh, Jeff Johns, art by... Uh, Jason Fabok. So this is the conclusion of the Amazovirus arc. How many issues did that run? Six? I think it was either five or six, I think. Um, Seemed like it could have been several thousand more. Well, well, the easy way to figure it out is uh, backdate when the Ebola virus uh, (laughs) panic started. This started within days of that. That's true. Just terrible fucking timing for this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is the conclusion of the Amazo virus arc, and like you said to me about an hour and a half ago, that's a hell of a long road to go on just to introduce fucking Amazo. Honestly, I mean, I didn't read every single issue in this arc. I, I just didn't. Um, I read the first couple that sort of, I, I, I think I jumped off at about the time that Bruce Wayne got infected. So that was, <laughs> that was two issues ago, I think. Okay. So... Um, and as I, when I came back to this, it's as though nothing had changed. It, it, Superman was still, um, uneasy about having to work with Lex Luthor. Um, everybody was still infected. The, the few uninfected superheroes were, were fighting the masses. Um, yeah, nothing changed. Now that you pointed out, this really was an arc where it, Kind of after the first issue, yeah, kind of was the same thing over and over again. Yeah. People are infected and getting superpowers. We're in danger because of them, but we don't want to hurt them. And like the first couple after the first issue were, and we have to find patient zero because he'll solve everything. Turns out he won't solve everything. Now he's leading the people that are infected and have powers and, well, but we don't want to injure them because they're just innocents. Yeah, um, so it seems to be that they spent an awfully long time over this six-issue arc um, just to just to set up bringing back Amazo and keeping him on ice, and I'll mm, yeah, to, get to, to that in a minute. To, to give him a new 52 origin just in time for Convergence yeah. and, and a soft reboot of DC. Um, and, and also to find an excuse to bring in undiscovered metahumans because... About 3% of the population that was infected with the amazovirus at the end of this did not respond to treatment and have now begun to ex- uh, continue to exhibit metahuman abilities despite having been inoculated. This reminded me of, 
I think it was Invasion, which was a crossover. It was either Invasion or Millennium, but I'm pretty sure it was Invasion because I want to say it was <laughs> it was it was a, either way. We're, we're going to say it was Invasion. <laughs> I'm going to have to get my old uh, Justice League International books out to be sure of this. But yeah, it was a crossover two or three years after Crisis, where the, the theory was there was a, uh, an invasion of a variety of different aliens invading Earth, mm -hmm. and they set off something called a gene bomb. That sounds familiar. Which activated powers in that's when they started calling superheroes metahumans yeah. in dc because yeah they fired it off and had a whole bunch of new heroes because of it and new villains it really reminded me of oh and here's another gene bomb and yeah. an excuse just to let's get some new characters in honestly i like the particle accelerator excuse they're using on the dc tv shows better well <laughs> and even on The Flash on TV, the, the purpose behind that is just, okay, and here's an excuse for why we suddenly have superpowered people. Yeah. In its own way, it, it can be, it, it can be a good way to bring new characters in, or at least try to bring new characters into the existing DC continuity. Yes. Because if you don't give yourself an excuse to try new characters, you're just going to have Superman, Batman. Right. And, you know. Absolutely. I, I don't, I don't take issue with, them having an excuse to have metahumans. I don't take issue with bringing back a Mezo. I take issue with something that was six issues long that could probably have been told in three. Well, the thing I have issue with, and it's the same issue I've always had with the X-Men. The Famously, Stan Lee came up with the idea of mutants so he didn't have to write origin stories. Yeah. So, whether it be mutant... Or in human with Terrigen Mist, or the Gene Bomb back in post-crisis DC, or now the Amazo virus. It means, yeah, we could potentially have new characters with the shittiest fucking origin story humanly possible. Yeah. <laughs> you got powers from the Amazo virus. How did you get your powers? Oh, well, I sat next to a homeless guy on the subway in Metropolis. He sneezed on my sandwich. How'd you get your powers, meeting guys in bars? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I got my powers. <laughs> and this thing on my lip. How'd you get your powers? Joyless blue glory hole next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is about all I take away from <laughs> Joyless blue glory hole. Um, all right, so you clearly wanted to talk about the resolution yeah. to how they okay. dealt with... So, so since they took six issues... To tell a story that... Okay, let's be fair. It might be five. I'm trying to remember, but it's five or six. Yes. I'd look it up on the internet, but... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, go ahead. Um, all right, so they had a point where around issue two or so, Superman stopped using various powers on Patient Zero because he was demonstrating the ability to mimic whatever he saw. Right. Um, and he's still able to do that right up until the very end because that's why he looks like classic Amazo because he's looking at Lex Luthor, um, who is sans hair and has somehow figured out that he was a redhead. Um, <laughs> cause he's, he's got the classic sort of weird Namor looking yeah. haircut with the floppy stupid bit. Um, yeah, a hair dork, hair dong. Yeah. But <laughs> emo hair. Um, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, like, I, I like, liked. Go ahead. I liked the beginning of this issue. I liked how they were handling Wonder Woman in it. I, 
because she she was she had her shit together. She was leading everyone. She was um, getting Superman to to stop being an asshole to Lex because of the greater good. Uh, and and then uh, enter Leonard Snart. Um, <laughs> That's the worst porno name I've ever heard. <laughs> um, Captain Cold. Um, who's only there because Jeff Johns has a hard on for Captain Cold and, and the rogues gallery from the flash and, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and that's fine. He does a nice job writing them, but, um, Leonard, um, finds the cockles of his heart warmed by working with Diana, uh, says yeah. things like oh, his you... heart. Yeah. <laughs> Not his pants. The sub cockles. The cockles of his <laughs> pants. <laughs> Right, that one. That's got possibilities. Cockles in his pants. Um, you know, says things while they're fighting, like, "Oh, he called me Leonard. I like how you say it." Like, <laughs> yes, do me, Leonard. <laughs> fight, fight, and battle with me, Leonard. Um, to be fair, if a goddess said it to me, they could say, "You're an imbecile," and I might pop wood. So, which is inconvenient when you're fighting, particularly, you know, patient zero. It really but... is. It's hard to run. <laughs> So he uh he whips out his cold gun and <laughs> yes cold gun and takes aim at um the flash yeah. who is in the process of pummeling Diana and uh freezes him and makes the comment oh you know um you could totally tell that the the virus doesn't have a handle on how to like work the powers as effectively as they do when they're in their own minds because I never hit him with a direct shot before right um and then they suddenly realize Hey, cold slows down and stops the Amazo virus. Now, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. If you have a big bad who nobody can stop, Superman can't stop him. The combined intellect of Lex Luthor and, and his minions can't stop it with Superman's might. And you are taken out by Leonard fucking snart. <laughs> you have a goddamn problem. There is a problem with this arc. <laughs> well. How do you really feel? That means I could have dumped, I, I could have thrown an air conditioning unit at one of these and taken them out. I, I could have walked up to, to the flash with a canister that I could use to clean my keyboard's computer and potentially done as much damage <laughs> as Leonard fucking Snart. <laughs> this one's going to work on a couple levels. Everybody be cool. You be cool. <laughs> You 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 have a point. Goddamn lackey. <laughs> my, my bigger issue with this was when they make the realization that Captain Cold is able to slow down Amazo and the Amazo virus. My bigger thing is, oh, Superman's tried everything but his super breath. I'm like, really? The you're facing you're facing something that might pick up your powers. Wouldn't you start with like the shittier powers just to get them the fuck out of the way? Yeah. I mean, why blast them with heat vision? Because that or... always works. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> start with the super breath. The dumbest fucking. Number one, the idea that super breath freezes stuff has always been the dumbest idea ever. Yeah. You know, what is Superman cold blooded? Like actively cold blooded? It's. It's a Silver Age power that somehow has hung on without anybody ever stopping to think about it. It's like, he can blow so hard he freezes stuff. Yes, that's why everything is frozen in a hurricane. 
all I can think is somehow Leonard Snark Snart walked onto the scene and somewhere a dungeon master managed to to roll like the most perfect set of d4s that like <laughs> like and 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 the the damn cold gun had like a plus 3 luck and <laughs> it's it's it, the only reason it went that way is because Jeff Johns has a hard on for Captain Cold. I'm picturing him like running around his apartment, capering and gibbering. Oh, look what I made Leonard do! Like, <laughs> it, if Jeff Johns had an equal hard on for voodoo, they'd have defeated they'd have defeated Amazo with a lap dance, rubbing his hands together and fistfuls of friggin' Lucky Charms down his head. Look what I did! Look what I did! Like, <laughs> If Jeff Johns felt the same way about Captain Underpants, he'd have smacked him to death with Fruit of the Looms. It's that's all it is. I just he would have he would have been better served to have had Aquaman whip out his basal ganglion power <laughs> and taken the the virus out at at, at the protean level. <laughs> it, look, it's. It felt like very much, uh, ooh, let's have this thing. The one way that did work for me was in discovering that it took away a certain amount of Luther's Yes, I saved the world. There's a distinct panel of him going, huh, as they realize they can at least slow everybody down by doing this until Luther can get his cure out. The biggest problem I had with this issue was at the end of it, spoilers, <laughs> too fucking late uh, at the end of it Luther telling super oh the president telling Superman oh the president has asked me to continue to work on uh, on this the reality Luther is everybody including the president knows that you created the Amazo virus yes you also created a cure but in any form of the real world what, what you're that in would, Gitmo well yeah what, <laughs> What that would be used for is thank you for creating the cure to the terrible humanity-threatening virus you created. That will be taken into account as a mitigating factor at your fucking sentencing hearing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm picturing, like, Lindsay at the end of Angel, like, bullshit, because Lorne takes him out and not Angel. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. Jeff Johns has a thing for the rogues. He certainly writes Captain Coldwell. I didn't have a problem with how he was written in this. It just no. the sort of tacked on, yep, we've got Captain Cold, so that's going to be the solution. Whereas Superman would have tried <laughs> again. I suppose uh, we could be thankful then that he decided to go with Captain Cold rather than Weather, weather Wizard. Or, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose, or... I don't know, Golden Glider, or the Killing Pied Frost. Piper. Jesus, the Pied Piper. Can, <laughs> Trickster. Yeah, we, 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 could, we could kill him with a... Oh, shit. Who's we'll the, cure him with laughter. Oh. <laughs> That's it. I quit this fucking show. The show is canceled. But yeah, more just the, oh, Superman didn't try this. It's like, okay, Superman figures out that Amazo's picking up his powers. What should I try next? The Strong Wind... <laughs> Or the explosive laser blast from the eyes. I think I'll go with it just it. It didn't really work for me. And yeah, Luther should be in fucking custody if this is oh, actually absolutely. what he created. I, I don't disagree. But <laughs> and it, it it's kind of sad because the first issue of this arc was really pretty solid of everybody ostensibly trying to work with Luther, but 
at the same time just flat out spying on him and trying to figure out what he actually you know the the scene in the first issue of of the arc where batman says show me your secret lab or you're out of the justice league how did you know i have a secret lab i do now it was really kind of cool <laughs> yeah so actually that's just it like you know right up until uh the the bat super suit was was breached i really thought that this was going to be something that bruce wayne super detective was going to solve with his bat lab <laughs> yeah and instead he gets bat powers yeah that why because oh apparently it's influenced by the mindset of the person who's doing it because reasons yeah really if that was the case every dude who got the amazo virus would be tripping over their 18 inch cock <laughs> um take your word for it <laughs> so yeah i'm ready to move on from fucking amazo virus yeah the only thing that seems to be unsolved and was teased at is at the very end who tried to assassinate who, who put neutron up to assassinating uh Lex Luthor. That that remains unsolved. I don't know. He seems like a nice man with very few enemies in the world. Who fucking gives a shit. Well, I'm curious. That that is one thing that you know. All right, who who did it? <laughs> Show them. Show them both. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. The more the more we talk about this, the the kind of more pissed I I get. Just the Leonard it fucking was... <laughs> snart. <laughs> Just the. Yeah, the, it had such a relatively strong beginning, beguiled by terrible timing of coming out, not only at the same time as the actual Ebola crisis, but at the beginning of Scott Snyder's and Greg Capullo's Endgame. Yeah. Frankly, Superman had a deadly virus. Uh, not Superman, because, yeah, Superman couldn't get the Amazo virus, but he got the Joker virus. The Justice League was sick as an animal in two different books. In two yeah. different cities at the same time. It's, uh, I would say it's mind-boggling, but it's not. It's it's event comics, baby. Face yeah. it. It's it's DC continuity, and that means... Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. Nobody's <laughs> talking to anybody else. Reboots. <laughs> Nothing but reboots. <laughs> it's probably a... a Good thing Convergence is coming and we're trying some new stuff from DC. Yes. So. All right. So this has been our, our loosest, <laughs> most rant-filled. Honestly, the last time we had something that was that was this loose and rant-filled was probably like day two or three of Comic-Con last year. <laughs> yeah. When we were just like, all right, I think we need to get a podcast up because we're here. Yeah. I'm exhausted. How are you? Oh, I am also exhausted. Excellent. <laughs> Yeah, which is pure fatigue hysteria. But it, and it wasn't even it. There was very much an enthusiasm of let's get a podcast up, but we have no time or energy to do any prep. So it's just <laughs> uh, all right. Here's some broad strokes, and we're live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so hopefully next week uh, we will have a slightly tighter show to pre present you. Uh, hopefully we'll have internet and electricity and oh god, television. Please, Jesus, I've had enough. That'd be exciting. But yeah. Just to make sure we don't have a show too long to upload again from the free from Wi-Fi the bar. At the bar. <laughs> Why don't we bring this thing in for a landing? So, not sure where you found the show, but you can always find us at our home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. Where the sun is out virtually every day and it doesn't snow. Uh, <laughs> yes, and there's cock jokes aplenty. <laughs> we are uh, 
on Facebook. Uh, you can find a link to our Facebook page at crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. Uh, we don't do a ton with it, but we certainly do get messages from it. Yes. So feel free to contact us that way. We are on Tumblr, crisisoninfinitemidlives.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter. At Infinite Midlife. Yes, we are. Uh, you can find this show on iTunes. Uh, if you do, do us a favor and uh, shoot us a rating or give us a review. It helps people find the show. And again, as we say every week, we really do like hearing from listeners. So, If you have, again, any thoughts about uh, summertime conventions that are a great alternative to Comic-Con out in San Diego, please let us know. and We'll be happy to explore them and check them out. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're going to have the time. <laughs> we're going to have the time and the money. Looking for something awesome to do. Uh, I give my the email. Email is uh, crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. And we can be found in a variety of places on the interwebs where the podcast can be downloaded. Yeah, we're on, uh, I forget. We're, <laughs> we're on, the, on the Comics Podcast Network. Yes, we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. That, um, I was going to do that one last, but... Tune in. We're also on... Tune in radio, yep. so... <laughs> Yeah, all right. Clue the fatigue hysteria is kicking in. So I'm gonna get you some beer stat. I think we have to get do you to the bars. <laughs> so stick a pin in it. I believe we're done. This has been episode fifty-six of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening and derp. derp. Is that a nice skull? <laughs> Either that or the roof's about to collapse. Awesome. It's hard to tell. <laughs>